The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS, that's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And we are doing this very late on Sunday. Yes. You had a, you had a long weekend. Yeah, um... I'm trying to remember what yesterday was. <laughs> it's that kind of weekend? Yeah. Uh, it'll come to me. But today we were at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a, uh, an event for transplant recipients at the hospital that Laney got treated at. Oh, the transplant general. recipients get everything. Yeah. They, they, they get transplants. <laughs> they had it too they easy for events. too long. <laughs> Um, so I'm that was walking nice. around with my own organs like a sucker. Nobody yeah, throws yeah, me in a vent. Yeah, dummy. <laughs> got all your original parts, eh? <laughs> kind of look at this guy. This guy's got two hands. They're walking around with upgrades. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that we did that today. That was a long day, but that was fun. Yeah. Uh, I had I had a really I had like a quiet weekend. Um, yesterday I had absolutely nothing. I was asking everybody. Um, like you were like, when we, when can we do the podcast? I was like, Saturday. Let's do like, it today. No. I'm like, ah, it's not, not yeah. today. <laughs> and then the same thing with band practice. I was like, uh, everybody else was like, when can we practice? I was like, anytime Saturday. So I Saturday where I did nothing. It Those, was amazing. Glorious. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. My wife took the boys out to a Cub Scout trip, so they were just gone. Yeah. So it was just me and the cat and the cat just yelled at me for the entire That's, 48 yeah. hours. <laughs> I'm woke, brand for. <laughs> yeah. Woke me up at 2 a.m. Yeah. Uh, but I just got to like, just kind of got to hang out and I got to see some stuff that I'd been meaning to see there. Um, I just watched this documentary that, uh, was as good as I'd been led to believe called what we left behind. And it's a documentary about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. They've been working on it for six years. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't understand why does a documentary take six years to. Well, on the the special features, they explain it. It was first of all they got Iris Stephen Bear, who was the showrunner of Deep Space Nine, okay, to like take over the whole thing. And first, he was like, "Yeah, I guess I'll host take, it." Take over the documentary, but no, he directs it. Okay, so he's making that like while he had created the forty four hundred, he was on that show Outlander, so he was doing other shows at the same time. Uh, they had to. They got everybody back. They got like the whole cast back. They got the whole writing staff back. Is um and forgive me for being the ignorant person, but I'm the audience uh, who doesn't know what Deep Space Nine is. Um, is the Deep Space Nine that is it? It's not the same cast as like Next Generation. Like Picard wasn't on this show. No, it was set at the same time. Okay, it was it was the first spinoff of Next Generation. At that point. Star Trek wasn't quite a legacy that always had a show on. They had done Star Trek. They had done movies. The movies were successful, so they decided to do Next Generation. Next Generation was really successful, so they said, hey, let's spin this off. Mm-hmm. And instead of it being a spaceship, we'll make it a space station. Oh, right. So this is the show where it takes place. It's it's the space station show. It's not a ship flying through space. Right. And they uh, they took like one minor, minor character from Next Generation, Colmini, who played O'Brien. He was like a bit player on Next Generation. He was the transporter chief. Mm-hmm. So for three or four years, he'd go, I started beaming down. And that's it. Yeah. And then they, and then st- they were like, that guy gets his own show. Yeah. And then he was in uh, The Commitments. And he was like the dad in The Commitments. And then I think Star Trek was like, hey, we, we got that guy. Let's start writing him stories. And yeah. then like they started giving him a life. And then they they moved him over to Deep Space Nine. And then created all new characters. Did this show run at the same time as Next Generation? Ran the last two seasons of Next Generation and then the five seasons of Voyager. So it was always a spinoff show. It was Mm. never the only Star Trek show on. Right. Because they went right from Next Generation to Voyager. And did Voyager have Picard on it? No. Well, Voyager didn't have anybody on it because Voyager was sent to the, like, other edge of the galaxy. Mm. And Voyager was all about how do they get back. Um, Deep Space Nine had Picard in the pilot. Like uh, Picard, like assigns Cisco, who's 
the commander and then the captain, he assigns him to Deep Space Nine. He's in it for like one scene. And then halfway through the run, when it wasn't doing that well, they put Worf on it. Yeah. And then Worf is on from like season four to seven. So he's a main character on both Next Generation Deep Space Nine, but for like half of Deep Space Nine. Mm. So it was always this kind of show that existed on the side and where you were in the um <clears throat> you were in the Star Trek the Next Generation was on TV when it came back. You were like all about it. Uh I wasn't I wasn't. I I watched the first season which is notably bad Yeah. and then I quit. Okay. And but I, the second season is supposed to be like phenomenal. Yeah, but I was out. Mm-hmm. Uh the third starting the third season was great, but I hadn't I didn't come back to like six. Mm-hmm. Um I came back when Leonard Nimoy appeared. And oh, I was okay. like, all right, I'll check it out again just because Nimoy's on it. And I was like, oh, this show got good. Yeah. And then I watched it to the end and I watched reruns to fill in the rest. But I missed most of the run because that first season was awful. Yeah. Um, but when I came back to Next Generation, Deep Space Nine was on. So I was like, all right, I'll 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 start watching it. And Deep Space Nine was not great either. It's first two seasons, but it was good enough. Yeah. And it was very much a deep dive. Like, we were talking about it before, and I was saying it's, it was, Deep Space Nine is like New Mutants. If you're reading New Mutants, it's probably because you're already reading X-Men. Yeah, it's I'd, like, be, I'd it, be shocked if somebody was reading New Mutants is like, yeah, but I don't care about the X-Men. Yeah, there's, it's like, yeah, but that's... <laughs> there's nobody There's yeah. nobody who says, I only read the monthly Nightwing. Right, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you have to have, like, Batman is not enough for you. Right. And you're going, and Deep Space Nine was that. But it was also the best written Star Trek show that I think has ever been on out of the six and we're getting a seventh show next year. Yeah. It was the first show to do season arcs and to do longer storylines. And they talk about it in the documentary that um, they said uh, Paramount basically told them, you're killing this show because it was on in syndication. And there was there were no DVDs. There was no streaming. Oh, there was, so there was no way to like uh, catch up if you missed it. Yeah, and honestly, I didn't see the whole series until DVD. Yeah. Because they would move it. And it would be on like it would be on like Saturdays and then it would be on Mondays and then it would be on because it was syndication. Yeah. They had no control. And so I would see a little bit of it and fall off. And what makes that show so great is in the end of the second season, they meet the Dominion who are are like the aliens on the other side of a wormhole because there's a wormhole next to the space station that like basically teleports you to the other side of the galaxy. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the first couple of seasons, they're like, oh, we have the space station and then we can also teleport to the other side of the galaxy and visit a planet and come back. And then in the second season, they find out that basically the government that runs that section of the galaxy are evil. And then it's the rest of the series is a build up to a war between the Federation and the Dominion. Yeah. And it just explodes. And then when Worf comes on, like the Klingon Empire is getting involved in the war and the Cardassians are a big part of it and it just builds and builds and builds. So in the 90s, when you missed 10 or 11 episodes, it was very hard to know what was going on. Uh, but they were saying in the documentary, now that it's on Netflix, it's got a bigger fan following than it ever did. Oh, wow. Because there's a lot of people that are like into Star Trek and they're like, yeah, I've seen Next Generation seven, eight times. Oh, D Space Nine's on here? Yeah, I thought that was okay. And then they end up binging the whole series. Right. Because it probably it's like it's like watches better as yeah. a binge it's more bingey than, you know. Yeah, then it's not catch an episode here and there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of the beginning of of shows that were made to be binge watched because it's like ninety three around then you had you had X Files, which would basically do that now and then. Where they would, it's like the season premieres and sweeps weeks. They would have, they would have like four or five episodes that were all continuity. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of it would just be like, there's a guy in the sewer that's eating people. Yeah, Scully, like, go down uh, in the sewer. Freak of the week. Yeah, like Smallville used to do. Smallville yeah. is just like, and then this guy gets kryptonite superpowers. Small, this yeah. guy gets kryptonite they superpowers. All, there was so much kryptonite in Smallville. There was no reason for Clark Kent to be alive. Yeah, it was like he should have had like radiation has... poisoning all the time. <laughs> kryptonite powers. His girlfriend's wearing a kryptonite necklace. It's like, do you ever remember Lex Luthor wore a kryptonite ring for like two years and got cancer? Yeah, and they cut his hand off. <laughs> yeah, they gave him a robot hand. It's like a lot of laying those all through high school. Walking around with a kryptonite necklace she's fine yeah smallville yeah not great <laughs> no but i watched it to like it's at least season great. eight yeah because it was the only thing, it was the only thing to we watch. were just talking about that last week it was the only thing on i don't like superman that much i didn't like that show kept watching it yeah but uh d space 
Deep Space Nine was never the big hit. It was always like the cult indie show. It was darker than the other shows because mm-hmm. um, do you know anything about Deep Space Nine at all? No, uh, then it's a Star Trek show. Okay. So the premise was the space station was um, created by the Cardassians who were like the lizard people that have kind of like the big veins on their neck. and mm-hmm. um, Not the Instagram influencers. No, whatever. no. The Kim Kardashians? <laughs> yeah. No, but they were they were set up as villains in Next Generation and they're like lizard-like and they're really evil and they're devious. Um, they had they were basically Nazis and they had controlled this planet Bajor for like 50 years and they had enslaved the people and put anybody any seditionist to death and then um, they had find the first episode they had signed a treaty neither one trusted the other at all so the idea was oh we'll get the Federation neither planet belonged to the Federation uh-huh. they said well okay we'll ask the Federation to set a security team on the space station and make sure that like the transition goes well. And that's how it begins. So so the station is an alien station. It's not like a, a Star Trek kind of spaceship at all. It's like real weird and oppressive and dark. Um, the planet's been like ravaged. It's full of like refugees and ex-terrorists and factionists and rebels. And Cork uh, the Ferengi is like, he's like a little scumbag. He's like the penguin in the Iceberg Lounge. Yeah. Where he's just in the middle of the station cutting deals with everybody. And there's only four Federation characters on board the ship. And then the rest are all from different races. Yeah. And so it was a real mix. And because of that, you could do stories where they didn't get along. And there sure. Was friction. Yeah. It's like, it, it sounds like there's just more freedom than a typical Star Trek show where it's like, we're all a member of Starfleet. We're on a ship. We're exploring the universe. We're always going to do the right thing. Right. Yeah. And like next generation, most of those storylines were like, okay, we're going to do the right thing. The right thing is really hard to do. How do we figure out a way to do the right thing? Yeah. And in Deep Space Nine, they don't always do the right thing. Yeah. So the characters are way more shades of gray. And as it went on, they mentioned that they had, they ended up with like 50 characters on that show. Wow. Because they kept developing the side and recurring characters. Right. And they said because it was set on a space station, they couldn't do Planet of the Week. So... The way Next Generation and the original Star Trek was like, hey, we landed on this planet. Here's seven new characters that live on this planet. We're never going to see him again. Right. On Deep Space Nine, it's like, hey, here's a guy that lives on the space station. We'll be back to him in six more episodes. And as the seasons develop, it's like The Simpsons. Yeah. Where it's like The Simpsons is about the family, but there's a hundred characters in Springfield that you know. If I say... If I say Disco Stew or right. Superintendent Chalmers, you know, you know who their personality who is because they keep coming back to it. Yeah. And Deep Space Nine did that where like people's backstories were developed and they went deeper and deeper. And then once they brought Worf in, then you had a more connective tissue with Next Generation. And when they brought Worf in, they started to do carry on stories about the Klingon homeworld. That they had touched on in Next Generation. And the Klingons were the bad guys from the original Star Trek, They were the bad guys from the original Star Trek, yeah, on the original series and in the movies. And then with Next Generation, the idea was, hey, we'll put a Klingon on the bridge of the Enterprise to show how evolved they are. Yeah. That like, oh, the main villain on the original show is actually part of the crew on this show. Yeah. And Next Generation... like time passed, they stopped being at war with the Federation. Yeah, they had a truce. Yeah. and then they, they decided Klingons weren't in the Federation, but Worf was. Uh, but then they would do episodes about like what the Klingon government was like and uh, how that worked and how those things changed. They had a Klingon civil war in uh, one season finale mm-hmm. that the Enterprise had to mediate. And because they started using Worf on that, then they started developing that those stories even more. Because uh, Voyager was on the other side of the universe. Yeah. So Voyager was not going to do any Klingon episodes or Romulan they episodes. They weren't anywhere near Klingon Yeah, space. Yeah, they brought in the Borg halfway through. Yeah. Just to go like, this is the same space that the Borg is from, and they could do Borg episodes. The, the um. So where's the documentary available? Well, I bought it. It was a feature film. And the, another one of the interesting things they talked about was that it was going to be an hour. And one of the reasons it took six years was as they kept doing it, at one point, they decided, no, it's a feature film now. It's like two hours. Yeah. And they decided because it was a feature film, when they took the clips of the old show, they had to remaster those in high def. There are no high def masters for Deep Space Nine. And I was reading about this uh, while I was watching the documentary. 
because I have to multitask. Yeah. I'm on Wikipedia going, where is the remaster for Deep Space Nine? Because like, oh, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. And what they said, what they said was, Next Generation took twenty million dollars to remaster in high def. That just number blows my mind. Yeah, and because they had to redo all of the effect shots because the yeah. effect shots were never shot on film. It's just crazy. I get that. Um, okay, it's expensive to do the shots. We got to get them on film. And there's almost two hundred episodes. Tape. There's a lot of episodes, so it, it like it kind of makes sense. What doesn't make sense is that they greenlit it. That it's like they had to know that the budget for that was going to be somewhere in that neighborhood. And then they were like, yeah, do it. Well, that's, well, the reason they did it was they did it with Star Trek first. Yeah. And they did new CG shots for all the effects because it was the 60s. So when you bought the Blu-rays, you could decide what version you wanted. If you wanted the original one, which had like crappy effects. Sure. Or if you wanted the CG ones. And those sold pretty well. The problem, once that was done, they were like, well, Next Generation is as popular as the original series, let's do Next Generation. And as I said, it came with a $20 million price tag. So what they did was that they said, well, we'll make deluxe Blu-rays out of everything. And and we'll get everybody to pay for it again, and that'll pay for the money we put in. Right. Uh, The problem was, by the time it came out, it's like 2014, Mm. and that's when streaming took off. And and discs died. Yeah, I, so you were talking about this now. Like, you go to Best Buy and you can find maybe one aisle of. Yeah, it's weird. DVDs. Do they even have one? Yeah, you know, it's like uh, who is buying DVDs still? And that's the war. Sometimes I think who is buying things on iTunes. I mean, iTunes just ended, and I did the software update on my laptop yesterday, and iTunes is not on it. Like, there is now a TV app, which looks just like the Apple TV, mm-hmm. and then I had to figure out, oh. I'm going to buy this documentary. So wait, iTunes is over? iTunes is over. So if I bought movies on iTunes... They move over to the Apple TV app. Oh, okay. So I checked all this out last night. Yeah. Any podcasts you're subscribed to, mm-hmm. go to the podcast app. Any music that you downloaded goes to the music app. And any movies or TV shows are in the TV app. It's three separate apps now. But they have... All your stuff's there. Yeah, they have everything. But it did make me wonder, because when you go to the Apple TV app... It's like, hey, sign up for Apple Plus, our own streaming service, because there's this whole streaming war. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to sign up for Apple. I'm like, give me the stuff I bought. And it was a couple of menus and a couple of clicks to get to it. And I'm but like, it's there. It's just a pain in the butt. Yeah. And I'm like, are you burying this collection that admittedly over the last few years I spent thousands to yeah. upgrade all of my discs? And uh, they want you to do it again? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So this documentary, there's for some reason, there's a Star Trek sale on iTunes or the TV up now. Um, had a couple of drinks Friday and I bought the next generation in high depth. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they, they put everything on sale. It's like all the movies were on sale. All the series were on sale. And uh, so the documentary was on sale. It was like 10 bucks. And I was like, you know what? I heard a lot about this. I'll pay 10 bucks for it. And it was, it was really great. But they explained with the high deaf masters is they did about 20 minutes of the documentary of clips from the show. And they said they like did clips from about 90 episodes, like, you know, 30, 20 seconds here and there. And mm-hmm. they said that pushed back the whole documentary a year. Wow. And cost more money. And they did an Indiegogo, which uh, they made their goal in like 24 hours. Yeah, I think that's w- one thing about Star Trek is um, it's 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 like uh, <laughs> they call it like a, the silent majority and like politics or whatever. It's like, uh, you know, these angry white people or whatever. <laughs> But with it's like the same thing's true with like Star Trek. It's like you don't hear a lot about Star Trek. That, certainly not anywhere near. I think like they're not as rabid as like Star Wars fans. Right. Star Wars fans are crazy. But like Star Trek fans, it's like there's just as many of you, but you're all like s- quiet about it. Yeah, I you think know what I mean? there's it's, there's been so much about it. I feel like the last time people were really crazy about Star Trek was in the mid nineties. And when Next Generation was ending and Deep Space Nine and Voyager were on and they were making movies. Mm-hmm. That was like the peak. And like Playmates was pumping out action figures. And yeah, I had a lot of uh, Star Trek action figures as a kid. Yeah. Uh, because they look like policemen if you got the guys in the blue shirts. Ah. And, they little stars and the like, aliens look like monsters. Yeah, and then you've got robot aliens and yeah, I have know, a, those, board figures. They are worthless now. I have like, yeah. I bought... I bought like 200 Playmates figures on eBay for like 150 bucks. Yeah. I've got a big bin of them downstairs. I'm like, no, I have these now. I have these. Uh, But that was the peak. And that's what kept Deep Space Nine on. Like, because 
you're right. There, uh, Star Trek has a dedicated following yeah. that follows it around. The Star Trek is keeping CBS All Access alive and profitable. They've done two seasons of Discovery. They're doing Picard. You know, is anybody signing up for the the Good Wife spinoff on CBS? Yeah, I don't no. Think so. Is anybody signing off to watch? Old episodes of The Odd Couple. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think like uh, CBS. Maybe that's not the network that has like the Tonight Show or whatever. But it's like it's like if they're signing they up. They have for Colbert. The start, yeah, Colbert. No one's even watching like old Colbert episodes. You know what I mean? And it's you watch like, those on YouTube, right? It's like yeah. you're gonna watch a clip. Or you're gonna watch one interview when like somebody huge was on. You know, you're not gonna watch yeah. like I don't know. No, you're or there was a really funny bit. Right. But yeah, you're paying for Star Trek. And yeah. they have all of the series on the app. Um, so if you're not a jerk like me and want to buy it anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all on Netflix. So the pro- so the next generation didn't make its money back. Now what's left is Deep Space Nine and Voyager. There are not as many fans yeah. of Deep Space like Nine and Voyager. Deeper, uh, pool, pool. You know, there's less people in it. Yeah, so they said like the high-def... Blu-ray version of of these shows mean never never yeah yeah I, I'd never say never uh, but I, yeah it's unlikely I'd say that yeah. you're gonna see it um yeah me and uh, I just texted my brother like a I don't know a couple days ago we were s- sorting out because that Disney app's coming next week I think Tuesday Tuesday and that, I was like and you know what that's our show that's our probably because I asked at them, least the Mandalorian I was like who's got the app like what's the login like who do I send a Venmo payment to like what's how did we do this and it uh, we did the year and uh you put like four devices you know what i mean it's like it's crazy so yeah we um, still don't have an app though i'm like it's launches tuesday i don't have an app i don't have an account name yeah i paid for the three-year deal oh yeah because that was a really even cheaper and you know it's not going anywhere you know what i mean right but i'm like i feel like that's gonna completely crash that first day yeah i think um I don't think there's any universe where that app's working on Tuesday. And I'd yeah, be hazard just, to like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're just it's going to be a bit punchy. 15 you know? million people download the app as well as log yeah. on. I don't, I don't know, pretend to know how apps or technology work, but there ain't no way that's going to be a smooth, know. you know, uh, give it a month or so before yeah, we can I, get I've into it. I've been watching like every day. I'm like, can I at least just download the app you just want to see can it. i download the app and not log in right just let well, me do the first bit of it and here's the thing too the shows like the mandalorian aren't gonna drop the whole series no they're gonna do one a week right yeah. so we'll be able to like talk about the first episode which is actually what cbs does with star trek yeah that's what they're doing with discovery and that's what they'll do with picard and i can kind of see it makes sense i can kind of see both reasons to do it i will say when i binge something like, I don't really remember it afterwards. Like, I spend uh, two days flying through a show. Right. And then you, you lose some of the details. Yeah. It's like I just watched the third season of Big Mouth. I don't even know what happened. In yeah. It. Like, I watched BoJack Horseman last week. I can't tell you anything. I yeah. enjoyed it. You know you liked it. I know I liked it, yeah. but sometimes you need that break. Sometimes I you need... so. It's like a processing time. Yeah, you kind of want that... Next day, like going to work, going like, "Hey, I wonder how that's going to end." And yeah. what, did, what did that scene mean? Uh, contemplate it, think about it. Yeah, yeah we but watched, if you um, but if you know the end is there, you're just going to keep going till you get to the end. Oh yeah, we watched um the uh, Laney really likes those Golden Compass books. Okay, and they they made the Golden Compass movie and yeah, it, with like Daniel t- Craig terrible. I was guess. it bad? I guess it didn't do great. I it didn't, didn't make it. money. I know it didn't that. make money. Well, now they rebooted it, but it's going to be a show with James McAvoy on HBO. Oh, okay. It's called like his. Oh, his Dark Materials. That's yes. Golden Compass. Yeah, apparently. Oh, because that's just um, yeah. Because I just saw commercials for that. He's in it, and uh, the girl from Logan's in it. The X twenty three kid is the like oh, the main kid in it. The woman from the affair and. Uh, yeah, prisoner Ruth bad. Wilson is in it. She's like, she's so oddly attractive that I'm oh. like, I, I can't quite figure, I can't the, quite figure out. Um, the guy who invented Hamilton is in it. Uh, Lin Manuel. Lin Manuel. Yeah. Uh, so we watched the first episode and it was very confusing because I never read the books. I was one of those. Yeah, and it's one of those ones where you like watch the trailer and you're like, wait, what is this about? But so we were expecting it because it was streaming on HBO. We the, like I thought for some reason like oh they just dropped the whole season. Now they're airing it on HBO yeah. and they immediately put it on the app. Right. So then it's like it's going to be weekly and then after it's wrapped, you know, you got I will say HBO is really good about that because um they had a 50th anniversary special for Sesame Street. 
So it's so weird that they own Sesame Street. It's very weird. Yeah. But I wanted to see the special, <laughs> and so, weird. so I didn't know when it was coming on. And I turned on the TV at seven, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's six. It's just ended." And I was like, "All right, well, let me go to the app." And it was already on the app. And then it was, it was pretty interesting because I thought it was going to be a documentary. Yeah. But it was kind of, it was more of like a celebration. So I, I paused it and I waited for the kids to come home. Oh, right. Yeah, they're going to watch yeah. it. It's, it. It was fun. It's all Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Doing. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt hosts it and he's in all of it. That's so weird. And he's singing Rubber Ducky. Yeah. And man, he is thrilled to be on that. Oh, good for He's him. just smiling away the whole time. Yeah. And uh, but it was good. It wasn't as deep a dive as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a lot of talk about like here's what Jim Henson brought to it, and here's how it had to change, you know, and here's what happened when we went to HBO. And it's it's more about oh, Sesame Street's a real place, and everybody lives here. Yeah. Although what I did like was they had cameos from every single Muppet. So like Muppets they hadn't used since the seventies, yeah, twenty years, thirty. Yeah, years. like Joseph Gordon Levitt is like, look, it's Harvey Neeslapper. and I'm like, yeah. they stopped using that guy in like seventy five. Right, <laughs> they rebuilt all those puppets, and Kermit's yeah. in it, which is a huge deal because they had to go to Disney, right, and go, hey, can we use Kermit? Because they don't own them anymore. Yeah, I understand. I get it that they don't like own them, but you think they would just be kind of like, uh, as long as you want to use them, you guys can use them. I. You know what I mean? It's kind of like Jim Henson invented this guy. That's <laughs> like, yeah, it's... but Jim Henson invented Fozzie and Gonzo, and Disney owns them all. Yeah, but I, I think that's probably what happened. I think they said, "Look, we're doing the 50th anniversary. You can Kermit be a part of sure. it." And Disney was like, "Sure." Yeah, and it's like it's they're not using a lot of Kermit. You know what I mean? It's like he's not. Well, they can't figure out the know? Muppet. Apparently, there's going to be new Muppet stuff on Disney Plus, but how big it is, yeah. or what it's going to be. Well, it's like inevitable that we'll always kind of get something every couple years. They're right. going to take another stab at everything well and the muppets are like looney tunes where they're gonna try something new with it every couple of years right whether or not it's gonna work yeah you never know yeah so i I, yeah it's interesting the uh streaming mess we're getting into of like all this crap coming out it's like it's overwhelming how much stuff there is it's like because it's like, I keep hearing everyone, everyone is saying, uh, oh, Watchmen's incredible. This new Watchmen show on HBO Yeah, we, be we've phenomenal. been asked if we're going to do an episode about it. And I'm like, I haven't watched it. I was, I was turned off by the idea that they weren't going to adapt the book. They were going to do expanded universe stuff. And I didn't buy any of the before Watchmen series. I heard they were good. They yeah, had good people they, on them, but I wasn't interested. Yeah, I read a lot of the before Watchmen stuff and they're pretty good. But again, it's like... Anytime they do prequel stuff uh, of any kind, it's like you're kind of it takes all the air out of it. It's like I'm I'm reading the comedian mm. prequel and I'm like, well, I he the, the, and they're putting him in perilous situations, but I'm oh, not yeah. worried about it because I know at the start of Watchmen, this guy's gonna get thrown out a window. He's gonna be fine until yeah. then, you know. It's, yeah, that was I mean that was the problem with the Star Wars prequels for me. It was like uh, or Rogue One. Right. I'm like, well, none all of you characters are gonna. Ex- you're all gonna die. Yeah, because it's like, you know? I was just having that argument with Ben today. He was like, yeah, I didn't like Rogue One because why do they all have to die? And I'm like, because you saw Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, because you know how that story is. Because look at everything they did in Rogue One. Why would they sit out the Death Star? Right. Yeah, why wouldn't Jyn Erso be like, okay, I'll lead the attack on the Death Star and we'll do it in 10 minutes yeah. instead of giving it to this farm boy we just met. Right, this hillbilly. <laughs> yeah. Because let's not forget, Luke Skywalker's a hillbilly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching Twin Peaks now on Netflix uh, just because it's something to check off. And uh, I know it gets canceled abruptly and they make a movie, but then I realize the movie's a prequel. Mm. And I'm not even finished with the series yet. I'm like... Why would I need to watch a prequel of this? Yeah, it's weird. So, and it, I think it just kind of puts you in a box. So, with the with the Watchmen show, I'd heard okay, it's going to take place in the Watchmen universe after the events of Watchmen. So it's like okay, well, that's a little bit more material to play with, mm. essentially. But then I saw the trailer, and I'm like, a lot of those characters are dead, right? Yeah, I, I assume they weren't going to use any of the characters. It was just going to be a story set in the world, and the trailer looked terrible. Yeah, it did. And but then every single person. Person is telling me how incredible the show is, and I mean the movie wasn't great. The movie was Zack Snyder, and well, it's, yeah, it's yeah, and it's like that. And I'm like, well, then is it a sequel to that? Because I don't need that either. Yeah, it's like the it it, it I, yeah, I don't know if it's a movie because it, if it's if it's the movie or the book that is a 
pretty significant difference on how that story ends. Right. I thought it was going to be, look, we're going to do all 12 issues, so it's going to be one season. Like Good Omens, which I loved. Good Omens, they did that book in six episodes. They stopped. Yep. You know, there's no talk of like, hey, Good Omens season two, because there's no second book. There's nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. You exhausted the material. It's not going to be like Game of Thrones where it's like, well, we'll start inventing stuff. Well, see, that's the thing. I heard they canceled the Game of Thrones show, and then those two idiots who who invented the show and then quit because they were so excited to do Star Wars, now they're not doing Star Wars. Right, that Star Wars, is, <laughs> yeah, but they have, a, morons. they have a huge Netflix deal. Oh, they should, shouldn't have any huge deal. They well, should they, be fired summarily from no, everything. They've got some huge option deal where they're working on whatever. Yeah, they want. And they, they said that was part of it is Disney didn't think they'd be able to do three Star Wars films while working for Netflix. Right. But also, you know, nobody knows what's happening with Star Wars now. Ryan yeah. Johnson's still working on his trilogy, whether or not that happens. And, like, that's why Disney, and especially with uh, Phase 3 ending on Marvel, that's why Disney's just like, uh, we got shows on the app. Go watch the well, app. Well, what's crazy about the shows, and uh, uh, they tried this before and it didn't work. They tried this twice before and it didn't work with Marvel, where they were like, here's a show set in the MCU. And it was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then very quickly it became apparent that, like, no one is, not enough people are watching this show to have Just any tie-in to the to the movies. Right. You know, the movies will tie into the show and the, it'll kind of drag the show in its wake. Yeah. But it's like the show is going to have no impact on the movies. And then they're like, okay, so this show is going to be contained to Jesse's characters doing their own shit that has nothing to do with anything that we're ever going to do in the movies. Then they came out with all those Netflix shows and they were like, these shows are going to be in continuity. And those shows went out of their they're, way to reference right. the MCU. And they were all in continuity with each other. Right. And then now none of those shows are going to matter. So it's like now, yeah, now Disney's they, like, all right, here's here's eight shows, and these are all going to matter. Like if you don't see the Scarlet Witch show, you're not going to get Doctor Strange two. Kevin Feige just said that. That's what I'm just saying. Said you yeah. have to you watch. You have to watch shows. it. It's like they're they're like forcing you to now watch more of their crap, so you can have an idea of what goes on in these bigger movies. Yeah, but it's not crap. No, it's not. I love it. I can't. I can't wait. Yeah, they're gonna put the U.S. agent in the Captain America show. I'm very excited. <laughs> it's Republican Captain America. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel that Marvel's doing only good things. We were talking about like Scorsese and Coppola are mad at it, and I'm like, yeah, but Scorsese produced Joker. You know, they're. Um, yeah, that's really and uh, they've done frustrating. They, they've done more good than harm. For, first of all, these movies you're making. The big ones are making a billion dollars. How many other movies make a billion dollars? They're not shutting out other movies. We have, um, so, and then the people who do them rise to a level they weren't done before. One of the reasons we're doing this so late, uh, I had yesterday for you, you didn't, but this afternoon I promised I was going to take Ben to Jojo Rabbit. So I just saw that today. It was fantastic. Yeah. And it was not lost on me. Several times during that movie was like, thinking, if this guy hadn't made a Marvel movie, how many people would see this movie? Would this movie have been made? Yeah, I, yeah, I actually think it's a step further. I don't think that movie would have been made without it. You know, I understand he made um, the Dracula. or What the, We Do in the Shadows. Right, which is so bizarre. And yeah. and was, the show is fantastic as right. well. Yeah. Well, he, he was on one of those late night programs, and they were talking about uh, What We Do in the Shadows, and he was like, yeah, I basically I wrote a joke about vampires being flatmates and then extended that joke into a movie and then extended that joke into a show (laughs) and he's just like it was just a joke you know and it's like but he's just a weird guy so he makes this hitler movie and it's like maybe he could have made that at a very low budget maybe he could have made it like he made what we do in the shadows which he made in new zealand yep with jermaine clement his like buddies and reese darby and then no one you've ever seen like the rest of that cast are people that work in new zealand and that is it yeah like carl urban's not even in yeah. what we do in the shadows yeah it, it might have gotten made it might it might have done the film festival but this movie was fantastic yeah and you could tell that he had he's a pretty big budget yeah he had he had he had plenty of time to work on it he had plenty of budget to work on it um and it's like the cast isn't crazy but like scarlett johansson is one of the biggest movie stars Right yeah, now. and she is fantastic in this. She plays the mom, and she does so much. I don't want to give spoilers for this movie. I know you haven't seen yeah. it, and I know not a lot of people have seen it. But I actually got a, 
uh, a message from a friend of mine that I know in high school who said, I just went to see Jojo Rabbit because you recommended it on your podcast and it's amazing. And I was like, oh, that's great. I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit oh, yet. I was like, how did you? Re- he listened to today's I think, episode. I, I posted the trailer and <laughs> yeah, I think we probably we ta- were talking we about talked it. about that it was coming out. Well, it did. The trailer looks incredible. It, it does look really good. Um, and I do like we were talking before we went on that there's you called it a library or something where it's like uh, uh, when a director makes a big movie and kind of like, quote unquote, makes it, it. It's like the a guy makes big movie becomes a big deal like oh, the Taika Waititi. And then it's like, this is the movie this guy really wanted to make. Yes. You know, he did Thor Ragnarok. It did really good. So then Hollywood went to him and said, like, make a movie for us. And he's like, okay, it's about Hitler. <laughs> and they yeah, were I, like, okay. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I call it The Bank. The um, Bank. Trafton Crandall has been on this show. I used to do stand up with and we used to write work on screenplays. He always called it The Bank. When a director has a big hit, their next movie is weird. <laughs> yeah, because the studio is just like, you made a lot of money for us. What do you want to make now? Yeah. And then it's usually like, Something kooky, like, you know, uh, the first thing Tim Burton made after Batman was Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, Joss Whedon after Avengers made that um, that play, that Shakespeare play. In his house. In his house. Yeah. In black and white. Yeah. Yeah. And they put it out. And they put it out because yeah. they're like, yep, sure, here it is. It's yeah. the thing you want to do. Yeah, once you stop making money, that stops happening. But this movie's fantastic. It has a lot more depth than you think it's going to from the trailer. And yeah, because the trailer just kind of looks like... Uh, it looks really goofy, and it yeah. is. But I, as we were driving in, I was saying to Ben, I was like, I think there's going to be sad parts. He's like, why? I'm like, because it's Nazis in World War II. So yeah, they're probably going to do something bad to somebody. Mm-hmm. And there are. I yeah. will give no spoilers, but it's a really rich movie. It goes to a lot of places. It's not just goofy. And of course, you know, it stars Scarlett Johansson and Sam Rockwell, who have done Marvel movies. Yeah, I really like... Uh uh, Sam Rockwell. He's so, really good in yeah, this. He's, he's really, really good in really like, good. a lot of stuff. He's he's a pretty great actor. Yeah, he's always been interesting. Um, so, yeah, it's cool to see them. Uh, oh, it's kind of like a reunion for those two because they both had been in Iron Man 2. Yeah, I think know? it's... Well, that, Iron Man 2 is the only Marvel movie Sam Rockwell's done. But he was in that Marvel short. Yeah, that's not a movie. <laughs> yeah, he's got a cameo it's a, it's in that a little movie. In that in that short where they said that Ben Kingsley was a, never the Mandarin. Mandarin. We're not going to make oh, a Mandarin movie, but no. he's there. I I've heard that the and this is pile horse shit because it's so far down the line. But the rumor is is that the Mandarin's the bad guy in the Shang Chi movie. No one makes is that sense. They actually are going to get around to Shang Chi. Doesn't have any bad guys, does he? Uh, I never read a comic book <laughs> with Shang-Chi in it. No, I'm still surprised. Until Hickman stuck him in the Avengers. And I'm like, oh, cool. Here's Bruce Lee. <laughs> I'm still surprised that Shang-Chi gets a movie and Moon Knight gets a series. Yeah, you know why Which... Shang-Li gets a movie? Or Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Um, the, uh, the Asian uh, movie market is so China. huge. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's that uh, they've, they've actually done studies and uh, articles about it that the um, – the Chinese market specifically kind of drags so much of Hollywood. Uh, it's, it pulls a lot of the decision making in the direction. Yeah. So, for instance, they I have I, all the money. They have all well, the South money. Well, South Park did a lot about that, where um, uh, S- South Park did a whole um, South Park did a whole thing about China, about how everybody has to listen and do what China says. Yeah. And China didn't do. like Winnie the Pooh. There was a thing about Winnie the Pooh that. They said he looked like the leader, so they banned Disney in China. So then South Park had them beating Winnie the Pooh to death. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tarantino just had that problem because there's a scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I really love, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again once it's on digital. Yeah, I haven't seen um, it. But it's early in the film. It's not much of a spoiler. But there's a scene where Brad Pitt beats up Bruce Lee. Yeah, it's on the trailer. You see yeah, it. Yeah. And he beats him up. And mm-hmm. China would not. China told Tarantino to cut that scene out if he wanted to play it in China. And, and Tarantino went, nah, I don't want to play it in China. Oh, wow. Which, well, good for him for yeah. standing up for his thing. I heard, and I haven't seen it, but, um, and we, we might have talked about this before on the show, is that in Iron Man 3, there's a whole subplot yes. with the Asian uh, doctor who ends up removing the extremists. And it's only in China. It's not even on the deleted scenes in America. Yeah, you can't even see it. He's like the second hero. Right, and it's he like has a like, whole subplot. Yeah, in America he has two cameos. Right, it's kind of wild. Um, I don't think they do that anymore. I think that's just way too much of an expense. That might be, but I do think um, China, China dictates the types of movies we're making, and it dictates, uh, it, it lends to more Asian influence in our movies. You know, yeah. uh, 
you know, there's a lot of pushback because Tilda Swinson played the ancient one, right? Instead of like a an Asian a uh, feller or lady, even. Although I think it was worth it just for Endgame. Her Mark Ruffalo oh, in Endgame, oh yeah, so she's good. delightful. But um, and I love Marvel's response. Cool. They were like, "But we made the ancient one a woman. We thought we were being diverse, right?" It's like yeah, it's like you can't <laughs> please everybody all the time, you <laughs> yeah, know. So right. yeah, people are a fickle lot. Yeah, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, Asia, man, it's crazy over there. Yeah, no, no, they're they're it's controlling more and more, and that's the thing. And people bemoan. You know, that was part of uh, what Scorsese was complaining about. People were like, oh, all we get are these big blockbusters. And it's like, yeah, they play around the world because they're so visual. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like candy for your eyes. And here's the big thing about superhero movies, everybody. Are you ready? If you don't like them, don't go see them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's not complicated, you know. <laughs> but, you know, Scorsese has like a three hour mob movie called The Irishman coming out. And maybe he's a little salty because it's not playing in all the theaters. But Netflix paid for it, and I've seen trailers constantly. And I'm gonna, it comes out Thanksgiving weekend, and I'm gonna watch it. And you know what? I live in Chicago in the winter. I'm glad I don't have to go to a theater on Thanksgiving to see a Scorsese movie. These movies get made, there's always a place these movies get made, and things change. The way the theater business changes, but these kind of stories are. Who was the idiot that was like Netflix? um, If it's a movie on Netflix, it's not really a movie. It shouldn't be eligible for an Academy Award. Spielberg said that. Spielberg. It's like all all these great directors are they're uh, they're older, right? They're a lot older now. The the um the world's changed in the yeah they're all boomers they're all boomers okay boomer okay boomer (laughs) they're 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 all of the age of that um. The technology has changed from when they got into the gig, right? So it's like they're like dinosaurs watching the meteor coming. They just don't realize it's like you can just make a movie on Netflix, Steven Spielberg. Let's, it's going to be okay. It's that obsolescence, you know? Yeah. It's, they're it's, worried about becoming obsolete. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about being an adult is uh, from 20 to 40, you're trying to build your place in the world. And then from 40 on, you're trying to protect it. Yeah. That's and a that, good and that's And that's what happens is that. You you spend 20 years saying, I'm going to change the world, and then the rest of your life saying, the world better stop changing. Yeah. Well, I got to the point, I'm 33, and uh, I was like, oh, I'm not the relevant, um, I don't feel like the relevant generation anymore. It seems like the 20-somethings and the teens, tweens, or whatever, it's like, oh, they're looking at the kids that are like the Parkland kids who, you know, were protesting anti-gun after the massacre in Parkland. It's like, there's a different generation behind me already doing important shit, you know? And then that kid from like Sweden or wherever she's from. Greta Gunberg. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, and you're, you're the next generation or whatever. It's like, I'm two generations behind the times. In that Sesame Street special, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is hosting it. Yeah. And, uh, like he says to Elmo, he's like, Sesame Street's 50 years old. He's like, wow. He's like, he's like, how old are you? And, and just Gordon-Levitt's like, I'm 38, and I'm like, Sesame Street had been on for 12 years before the host of the special had been born. Yeah, you know, That's and crazy. and you know, I'm of the age where I remember Joseph Gordon-Levitt being the kid on Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things too. Is like I kind of you don't I don't pay attention to my own aging, but then I'll be like, oh man, look at this. You see like a actor, and they go away, and then they come back, and it's like they're an adult. Then the next time you see them, and yeah. you're like, oh yeah, that person like grew up you know well, it's like that's an adult person now and there's this weird thing where when an actor comes back to a character they used to play it doesn't matter how much you've looked at them they seem so much older oh like when tommy lee jones appears in men in black three he looks so Ancient. old yeah but i'm like and even at the time i was like captain america first avenger was a year ago and he looked fine Remember when they brought the X-Files back? David Duchovny was on Californication for like eight seasons. Yeah. I watched all of it. And he he takes his shirt off pretty regularly and in he that lo- show. He looks great. He looks great. But then he showed up as Mulder like six months later. I was like, oh, Mulder yeah. got old. Yeah. And I wonder if that it is because it's like, I, I saw Tommy Lee Jones in Captain America. I really liked him. Uh, and I do remember at the time, I didn't really think, oh, Tommy Lee Jones looks really old in this. It's just like, yeah, that's what Tommy Lee Jones He was appropriate like. for that character. Right. Yeah. And then I did see him in black, and I'm like, oh, God, remember what this guy used to look like in this role? Because you remember in the suit, and yep. he's, he's like the younger out of the two guys at the start of that movie, yep. and the other old guy retires. And he doesn't wear, like, young age makeup in the beginning right. of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But you know what? That first movie was 20 years ago. Yeah. 
which is time time flies man oh it's terrifying i'm getting to the point now where you know like a lot of my references are like batman 89 the tim burton batman movie is 30 years old now and i'm like yeah i never thought i would have a cultural touchstone that's 30 years ago yeah that's kind of crazy like you know, growing up, it was a different world. When I was a kid in the 80s, 30 years ago was the 50s. Like, 30 years is the amount that Marty McFly travels in the DeLorean. Yeah. Well, like, uh, if Marty McFly got into the DeLorean now and set the same time, he would go see Batman. Yeah. We're <laughs> living uh, in the future after Blade Runner now. Oh, yeah, that, that's that official. Happened, yeah, yeah, it's it, we're living in Blade Runner. It's November yeah. 2019. It's, no, it's Blade Runner times. Yeah, and a lot of it's come true. Yeah, well, I, I think that's always like the thing. It's interesting when we predict the future to kind of see what it actually ends up looking like versus what we actually get like hung with. And it's like it seems like all the terrible shit they thought was going to happen with like uh, the world and the people running the world. That stuff all came true, yeah. but no flying cars for you, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, fly, you said flying cars would need so many FAA regulations. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of funny because I mean, um, drones are a problem. Drones are a massive problem, and they uh uh we we hire drone guys to do footage uh, for jobs occasionally, right. and none of our guys are drone guys. So we always have we have a a third party we contract out because the guy's a licensed pilot. He flies planes. He flies helicopters. He flies drones. He knows all the FAA regulations. It's so such a nightmare to untangle all that stuff it's easier for us to just have a different guy do it and um you hear about it all the time it's like they had to cancel this because drones were a problem or the drone footage got this it's like amazon's talking about like delivering things with oh they backed off that really quickly yeah i don't keep hearing about it though i think they keep trying to figure out a way to bring it back yeah i don't know that they can crack it well i think it's just like you, you it's not. I could spoiler it. It's not going to work. You're not going to be able to deliver items with drones because I could just hit it with a bat, and now I have a drone too. You know what I mean? It's like people. Be fair, are you just, have a broken drone, but you got a box of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like I have somebody else's crap, or you could capture the drone. I, I always wonder about that. Where like people are like, oh, don't leave my Amazon package on my door. Somebody will steal it. I'm like, Amazon sells everything. What are the odds that the thing that's on your porch is something I'm gonna want? Right. The greatest thing in the world. This week. So we're living in this, uh, to go back to nostalgia, yes. you know, the, the early 90s are now 30 years ago. And crazy. we're living in this uh, golden age of 90s X-Men merchandise for some reason. We're getting beautiful omnibus editions of that work. There's a, you know, there's a Jim Lee XXL hardcover yeah, it book came out i think last week or two weeks it's ago. it's like I the size it. of the galactus book it's like the size of the original artwork that's yeah. like all jim lee x-men stuff um the entire series will be on disney plus yeah this year and and marvel legends just keeps pumping out we, we have a complete 90s x-men team in marvel legends that the oldest figure on that shelf is maybe three years ago. Yeah. Like they, and that's a lot. That's a big team. It's the gold and blue team, the gold and blue team. It's about 16 different characters, you know, including professor X and Colossus and Archangel. Some of them had to be deluxe figures, but we've gotten all of them. So now, uh, on two fronts, we're getting hit with figures that I am buying every single one of them. Uh, now, Marvel Legends has just moved into the other teams. Where the, <laughs> yeah. the last year we've been getting oh, we've been getting Liefeld X Force figures. Yeah, there's like the perfect cable came out last year. They've given us Shatterstar. Caliban was a build a figure. They Wait, d- is Caliban uh, X Force? He was on X Force for a while. He? Yeah, he That's was so like, weird. yeah, he was a villain, and then they just put him on the team for a bit. Uh, there's multiple Deadpool's. Uh, but there's a Boom Boom figure. There was not a Boom Boom figure in the 90s. It's crazy. There's a cannibal figure with no legs because he's exploding. Yeah. And now they're doing the Joe Casada X-Factors. Yeah, which which <laughs> I had the Havoc when I was a kid. We had the Yeah, Joe the Cassata. big yeah, puffy he was shirt. Like, he was huge. Wearing like the uh, hip-hop shirt of and, 91. And I really liked him. And the, But I hate that costume because it's terrible. But that figure, it's a mishmash of stuff. It figures it's, pretty cool. He's like half a gambit. Yeah, he's like half gambit, half cyclops. Yeah, but the the figures really cool, and the Polaris is totally slapped together. But they look really cool. And, yeah. And there's a strong guy build a figure coming, and and now Mezco, 
uh, I've been the 112s have been killing me because I'm all in on the Batman now. I've just I've I've given up. They announce a Batman and I buy it. So I'm, it's like a it's a foregone conclusion. You're getting them. Yes, uh, Marvel. I've been like a little more hands off. I have an Iron Man. Uh, thank God they've only made Spider Man. <laughs> Yeah, they've made like Peter and Miles and a Black Suit Spider-Man. They haven't even made a Venom yet, but the X-Men they've been coming out, and I'm like, I'm not buying the X-Men. I'm not gonna get the X-Men. Now you're getting the X-Men. Yeah, yeah. over the summer I got Brown Wolverine. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get him by himself. And then last month I got Logan. And I was like, sure. And then this week, uh, Jim Lee Cyclops showed up, and he's got a brown leather jacket that's removable, and he's got multiple visors that light up with like. There's visor with steam coming out, and there's visor that's shooting, and there's visor that's totally blasting, and <sighs> it's weird. Uh, this might be my greatest thing in the world this week too. This figure is incredible. So you didn't pay um, for it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, He's really, really good. And yeah, then- but it's like so. It's a it's when we say it's a '90s Cyclops or Jim Lee Cyclops. It's like it's the cartoon Cyclops. Yeah. But his hair is out. He's got the Y strap. He's got the bands around his legs. It's that Cyclops. Yeah, but it's like they add a little like a lot of well, not a little. They add a lot of detail to it. So there's like piping that goes around on his costume and then like the boots and the he doesn't have the yellow underpants. They're just straight blue. Right. Yeah. I just actually noticed that. I didn't notice that until you said that. Yeah, but it's Um, and it's interesting because they're the only figures that I think are better in person than in pictures. Yes, the pictures don't look this good. It's kind of crazy. When I saw the pictures of that, I was like, what's all that piping? Yeah, he doesn't look that good. I don't think he looks that good. And I was talking to Joe Franzum, the uh, inimitable Joe Franzum. That guy gets quoted more on this podcast than he'll ever be on this he's podcast. He's never coming on. He could do a full episode and he wouldn't be talked about as much. Yeah, as I he, know. But I, I talked to him a couple months ago and he's like, I just bought that Cyclops. I was like, yeah, I wasn't thinking I was going to get it. And he told me he was in a store in New York. I think it might have been Forbidden Planet or uh, maybe uh, Toy Tokyo. Um, but he, they had one and they were letting him pose it. And then... Then the guy who owned the store said, you're going to buy that, aren't you? Because he realized it had been 10 minutes and he hadn't mm, put it down. Yeah. And he's like, he's great. He's great. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like the picture. And he just showed up today. And then the next, I don't know how I'm going to, uh, I don't want to look. It took me three years and hundreds of dollars to complete the Jim Lee team from Marvel Legends. Mezcos are quintuple the price, quadruple the price at least, sometimes quintuple. I'm like, I don't need to buy them all again, but the next few coming out are Cable, Gambit, and Magneto. Are you getting all three? I think we're going to get both Cables. Uh, Cables. There's Armored Up Cable, and then there's um, like Cyclops X-Men uniform yeah, but aren't they doing the a Dave Cockrum Cyclops? They're doing a, yeah, Dave Cockrum, John Byrne Cyclops. That, yeah. I'll get that. Gambit looks great because Gambit's got armor and then a leather coat on top of it. He's kind of... He's kind of the figure made for this line. Yeah. But uh, where's it going to end? Yeah, I remember the uh, I, I the Captain America they did, I never saw. I only saw pictures. And he's they didn't like look 250 great. bucks now. Never you can't get, get him. Yeah. And then you got that You can't Iron get Man. Uh, the Tiger Stripe Wolverine either. Right. And that's why I said I wasn't going to buy all the X-Men. Because, because some of them are that's already That's the most gone. classic Wolverine. You yeah, know, the brown one is pretty up there, but it's not the tiger stripe. Yeah, I like I love the Marvel Legends. Uh, you know, I'm in that game now. <laughs> but these these are incredible, but they're too expensive. They're basically I was trying to describe them the other day. I'm like, they're basically like hot toy figures, but the six inch line. Half the size, yeah. Yeah. But the clothes fit just as well. Right. Yeah, they're shrunken down hot toys. They're I mean, basically it's like they have all these different accessories. They're in real clothes. It's like they just look incredible. Yeah. And it's I, like, you're right. We are kind of in this like golden age of action figures where it's like across the line, you're getting dope figures in just multiple, multiple sets. Like I remember being a kid in the nineties and getting a lot of the toy biz yeah. figures. And I remember thinking, wow, they're making a lot of characters that I have no clue who they are They're They must be making everybody. But I remember even being a kid being like, mm, there's no Thor. You know, I, right. ha- I was like, there's, a, I had a Hawkeye and a cap that were from two different lines yep. that kind of put together. I had an, there's no Jean Grey for years. There was never yeah. a Jubilee from that era. Right. There, uh, like I said, there was never a boom, boom. And they had a, a whole X-Force line. Like those, those lines didn't, weren't as complete as they are now. And that's just this era because they still jump around. Well, that's, that's the crazier part is that it's like, I look at it and I look at the figures and I'm like, all right, so John, you know, got the figure set up in the, in the room here. And it's like, you've got right now the nineties X-Men. So it's, it's just nineties. Like, it's just 90s. And it fills that entire the display. Whole thing. Yeah. But it's like, 
you 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 have at different points had different eras of X-Men. You could do Golden Age or I'm sorry, Silver Age X-Men yep. the original 5 in the first class uniforms. Yep. Then you can use do them in the giant size X-Men era right. costumes. Then you could do the 90s yep. era X-Men costume. You could do the 80s in between because yep. they all had costume changes in the uh, 80s. They did a full Joss Whedon Astonishing X-Men. There's a full Joss Whedon Astonishing X-Men. It's like they don't have new X-Men yet. Yeah, but it's well that's like, the thing with with Hickman coming in and changing everybody. What's um, the stuff? We're getting going to be next. We talked about it a lot last week. We're getting a full Age of Apocalypse set. Right, yeah. You know, what's to stop them from going Dawn of X? Yeah, I, I think at some point it's kind of inevitable. They'll they'll do it. It's just more of like we're at the point with the figures where it's they're 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 just going to hit every era. Yeah. They'll give us different versions of pretty much everybody. Yeah, well Dave Redfield uh hit me up today and uh texted me. Uh we used to be on the show a lot. And he's like, "What's the best Batman figure?" And I was like, well, there's multiple lines. I was like, if you want a Marvel Legends figure, go back to DC Universe Classics. They didn't beat that. They're easy to find. But I was like, if you want the nicest figure. It's one of these. Here's the Mezco. Yeah. And I sent the Mezco black and gray. And he was like, yep, that's gorgeous. And you can't get better figures than you get today. And that's why I don't understand vintage toy collectors. Um Oh, and, like and I why you'd like, want older, yeah, like, like old figures? Yeah, like well, there are guys that are trying to get every Kenner Star Wars figure. And I'm like, just get Star Wars Black. They're so much better. Yeah. But I, that's got to be a that's not level why I'm nostalgia. Yes. Because it's like I liked I, I really liked I was in action figures as a kid big time. Like I said, we had all these we had Star Wars figures when they re-released them. We had the Marvel figures. We had the Batman, the animated series and all that stuff. I have no desire. I might like to look at them and hold them and be like, see how what they would look like now. But I, it's like I have zero interest in collecting old action figures. It's like I'm like, give me this new shit. Let me see how cool they yeah. can make it. Every line you mentioned is being made now. I yeah. mean, DC Collectibles is still doing Batman animated figures that are much, much better. Oh, they're incredible compared yeah. to the figures I had. It's just like uh, it's a whole new world out there. Um, so I don't have like a really good um. Uh, greatest thing in the world because it's been kind of a hectic I just week. stole yours. <laughs> well, yours was better, and the Cyclops kind of derailed whatever I had going on this week. You have yet to put him down. <laughs> I have yet to put him down, but um, I did see they released a trailer um, for Cosmos season two, which um, got put on the back burner for yeah, a while. That's like uh, uh, that's like seven years ago. Was that first season? Yeah, it's kind of crazy how long ago it was. Well, I don't know if it was quite seven years ago, but you know, it was at least three or four. I'd say. Um, Sebastian was an infant. Because I used to rock him back and forth while, while watching, watching Cosmos. Cosmos. Yeah. yeah, I remember it was on, and I I had first started watching it uh, in the store. So it was within the last seven years it came out. But um, I kind of forgot about it and how Im- important that show is, I think, just for like humanity to be interested in science again. But um, the trailer is incredible. It's just like... Uh, it's I I it's kind of like the first season must have done well enough to where like the budget increased a little bit more. They're gonna give us a little bit more stuff. But I always when I see something like this, I'm like, fuck! Like, uh, uh how am I gonna like pirate this thing? Where how am I gonna look at it? And then it was like, uh, I think Fox put it out before, yeah, which right. is ironic. Uh, so you know, that's, well, that's because they had the deal with Seth MacFarlane, right? But it's and actually, remember, Fox the network is not Fox News. Yeah, and I just conglomerate the two or whatever, you know. Fox the Network is The Simpsons. Yeah. Although, you know what? Fox the Network is now Disney. That's true. Well, so Fox that's, News is not Disney. That's what I looked at, and then it was, like, presented by National Geographic. I'm like, well, where the fuck is National Geographic streaming? And then two days later, I looked at Disney+. Plus. Disney owns National Geographic. Presumably, it's going to be on the app. It's like, this fucking app already paid for itself and hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Not to mention that Jeff Goldblum. Is th- that's a Disney. Disney Plus show, right? It is. Yes, yeah. I was like, oh, I think it's on Amazon. It's like, nope, that's nope. on the same fucking app. And that take all my money. And that will absolutely be next week's episode. Yeah, is we'll talk all about both the Mandalorian and how the Disney app works, even if it crashes. Yeah, which it will. Because um, there's really, I don't, I can't think of anything that would happen next week other than somebody big dying, and I'm not wishing for that to yeah, happen. Yeah, hopefully not. Or um, some ma- major crazy announcement. But you know. yeah, but I don't think anything could be as big as the launch of Disney Plus. 
I can think of a few things. I mean, that would even Netflix kind of eased into being this big. Yeah. I remember when Netflix. Oh, was, Disney right out of the gate. Was, yeah. It, it's like, and shame on uh, uh, whoever didn't see this coming, who's in the streaming business. Shame on you if you didn't know this was coming. <laughs> what did you think? Disney was just going to let you keep doing this? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so we will cover that next week. But if you want to let us know what you've been into, uh, did you see Jojo Rabbit? Wasn't it great? You want to tell us about it? I want to see it. There are ways to get in touch with us. Uh, I am at Not In My Book, both on Instagram and Twitter. That is the official social networking of Caffeinated Comics. And you can also find the show's page on Facebook.com slash Caffeinated Comics. Um, and uh, I can be reached on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan, and the show can be found on iTunes, which isn't a thing anymore. It is not a thing anymore. So now, yeah, where can it be uh, found? Oh, your podcast app, the Apple Podcast app. The Apple Podcast is, app is now the new iTunes. Yeah, as Did we this said, happened recently. Uh, this happened with the latest software update. Yeah, so oh, okay. uh, it just disappeared for me yesterday. Oh, I got so you. So once you uh, upgrade your computer, once you the upload, thing I always tell my computer, remind me tomorrow. <laughs> when you upload to Catalina, uh, it'll iTunes will be gone. But there's always been a podcast app on the on iOS on iTunes, on your iPad yeah. or your phone. But now it would be the podcast app. Uh, and as I said, everything I had subscribed to is already there. Is already there. So if yeah. you're subscribed to us on iTunes, you won't lose us. That's good. Thank you for not losing us. Yes, but if you want to um, go direct to the source, you can go. Yeah, you, uh, we're also on Stitcher and um, uh, Spotify, which is the other big one. I totally remembered. And um, we are on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network under the Lifestyle tabs. Proud um, members. We'll talk about Disney Plus next week. <laughs>